I'm speaking with Anurag Malu, who is an Indo-Asian startup innovation community architect, which is an incredible type job title, I think. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> so he's also a regional manager for South and Central Asia with Techstars and Startup Weekend and responsible for the for the growth of vibrant startup communities in India and a whole bunch of other countries as well. So let's talk about what you're doing, what work you're doing, and and how you're working in some pretty interesting zones, like Sri Lanka's had some conflict. There, there, you know, a number of these countries have, have been dealing with some conflict, and yet you, you're still able to work with the startup community. Tell us more about that, please. Thanks so much, Donna. Quickly giving an overview, as you said, I, I built startup communities and uh, entrepreneurship ecosystem in South Asia and Central Asia, and being main focus in India, um, since I'm based out of here. And uh, my role is to help people start out, help people become entrepreneurs. Uh, because one thing I have learned over the last few years through experiences is the way entrepreneurship empowers people and nothing else can do it the same way. So the way entrepreneurs work on developing their regions, developing their communities and helping other people by solving local challenges, local problems, creating those solutions. Uh, it, it adds immense value to any local community. And I think uh, at Techstars, that is the worldwide network that help entrepreneurs succeed. The biggest focus for us is to build a startup community anywhere and everywhere because we believe that great entrepreneurs can come from anywhere. They don't necessarily have to come from Silicon Valley or they don't only come from Bangalore or in New York, but they can come from places, small places like Dushanbe in Tajikistan to Jaipur in Rajasthan to Kabul in Afghanistan to Colombo in Sri Lanka. They can come from anywhere. And this is what I do in my role to help plant that seed right now, put that seed in these countries that helps entrepreneurs to start their journeys. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you are from a war zone or a conflict zone. What matters is access to the opportunity to become an entrepreneur. And in my role, I try to create that opportunity for them. I, I will take our programs and other programs to these places that allows people to learn how to become an entrepreneur and how do you start out and provide them the necessary resources, network, uh, mentorship that it takes to start their journeys. And I'm privileged to work with some wonderful people and entrepreneurs across this region. What I'm intrigued by here, because I know my client, I'm going to introduce you to, to Yodi, who's part of the working in Kashmir right now, which really needs your help. So because these young people are caught between wars and it looks like your career gets to be, I'm going to fight as opposed to be an entrepreneur. So that means that in some of these environments that you're in, that you're working in, and are, are, there's going to be options for youth. What kind of young person shows up or whatever kind of, whatever ages you're working with shows up and says, you know, I'm going to try doing something like this, even though my world is falling apart around me or 
or it has been been a crazy period. How do people transcend and rise above the 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 challenges that they have to get engaged at the uh, in the startup? I think hope hope that things will change, and I think entrepreneurship is their ray of hope. It's a way for them to engage into constructive and meaningful approach. Uh, so what happens is people see that the war, they have seen it, they have seen it is not helping anyone. But what could potentially help is trying something else, which is not war. And uh, that that always like gives them enough curiosity to explore and figure out if this how different it is from what they have been doing or what they have been living and uh, their life. How do how do they rise above the the conditions that they're in in order to be you know is it and is it you said hope which was a great answer and and so beyond that though there's going to be some logistical issues that are going to be and regulatory issues and all sorts of things that pile on top of not just that there's a war going on of some kind but we've also got some things that just don't support startups and initiative. I think it's really about people. All these places, if you really want to do something, find the right people who who can challenge the fear, who can rise above that fear and get things done. Identifying those people, empowering those people, making them believe in our mission and what they can do. Getting these people on board is the first step. Uh, people who can challenge the status quo. People who believe in having hope for betterment. People who can take risks. And this is what entrepreneurship is also all about. Taking that risk. Taking those bold decisions. And going into the unknown. And see what comes out of it. So for me, to do anything in these places, the first step is to identifying the right people. Because it's all what makes anything happen is the right people, right team. So I will focus on building that first team, the dream team, who can work in conflict zone, who understands the challenges there, who also understands how to navigate in those challenges, who also understand what it takes to get things done. Also, who has the network and resources to make things happen there. And people who have strong conviction and an optimistic attitude. Not just cynicking that we know that the war exists or the conflict exists, but really doing something about it. And not just sitting on that like always convenient answer that we don't have other resources, we don't have the right situation, we don't have the right environment to do anything positive. But having that optimistic mindset, we can still do it. And look, approach to find a solution instead of just pondering all the time on the problem. And they are all the resilient people. They want to rise again and again. Even like tomorrow is something wrong happens there, they will still rise back. I can give you an example today. I am something proud of. Tomorrow we are doing a startup weekend in Kabul again uh, in Afghanistan after a long period of like gap of more than nine months, ten months. 
because it has been really difficult to do something in last like nine, ten months in Kabul with the situation there. But the team this time they have come together, not giving up, bringing the universities of Kabul together and the university students to help them pitch their problem, pitch their ideas, and find create solutions, build their prototypes, and start businesses. So we start a weekend Kabul and happening in Afghanistan from tomorrow till Friday evening. So that is the beauty, and this is only possible because there are some resilient people working at the grassroots in Kabul, creating that hope, creating an opportunity for rest of the Afghans to build their future businesses. So I don't know if that answers your question, but for me, it's really about the people. I totally agree, and I, I love your answer. It's it's so it's perfect because it does speak to the power that people have within them to to do whatever they can visualize doing. So it's it's extremely powerful. I I need to know you you you've got a description here. It, it, entrepreneurial evangelist, totally get that. Um, startup, totally get that. Community architect. Wow. Okay, so did you go to university for that, or how did you end up with that community architect? It's a wonderful description. How did you become one, and and what are the ingredients? You know, what what's the uh, what what's the inspiration? What's the you know your path there? Uh, it's a beautiful question. Uh, I think the answer will not be short. <laughs> Good, but I'll try my best to I think give justice to this answer. I think I've never studied community building in school. I graduated as a software engineer. Like mostly most of the Indians, we become, we pursue IT and computer science, graduate as engineers, and then eventually decide, oh, this is not something we want to do in our lives. There is something else. And I became a teacher. And I think very similar to your story, I started teaching as six to 10 year old ones as a fellow with Teach for India. Uh, two years full-time in low-income schools in Pune. Before that, my community building started when I moved to Delhi. And when I was studying in university and my real learning was not happening there. My learning happened when I started volunteering. So almost in my university days for last three years in the university, I volunteered with around 13 to 15 different organizations in different roles in different capacities, on different projects, small to large, to long-term to short-term projects, to community-oriented, to like policy states, all sorts of things I volunteered with. Very diverse set of people from India and from outside working on challenges on education to women's rights, to gender, to environment and sustainability, to voting and all sorts of things. And I think that gave me a real-world exposure there is so much beyond what I was doing behind the walls of university. And that was just an eye-opening experience and a huge learning. I don't know why I was doing it, but I was doing it because I was learning and I was having fun and I was enjoying. I was free, actually. I, I had that freedom, which you talked about, to create my own learning, to create my own journey uh, through experiences with people, through conversations with people. And all of that, I was basically, what I was doing is building a community, building a network, people whom I can learn from, people whom I can help, people whom I can reach out to, people whom I can volunteer with. And that volunteering was my first step towards community building. A cause I'm aligned with, I'm interested in 
solving or giving my time for and to do that i can't do it alone i need people i need the community and uh, that's where bringing people together is about community building for a common cause so that was my journey towards community building and then slowly into the education space as i joined my fellowship with teach for india in my second year of classroom i started this initiative uh, called the family of global volunteers in my classroom as a pilot and then eventually scale it up to different classrooms schools but it was my journey of taking it into my classroom to my kids how volunteering has changed me as a person and it played an important role in my life in becoming a leader and becoming a change maker and how do you become a community leader yourself so basically i inculcated the culture of volunteering in my classroom so that was a community building again in the classroom and then working with teachers and educators a community was built around that and so my life is actually around building those communities in different spaces i'm passionate about environment and sustainability so i build community around that i am passionate about some other things i'll get those people together so i think bringing people together is the for me is about community building but community architect is really about also connecting the nodes people like you in the community who can also do the same and connecting all those nodes to make a strong web like a spider web a very strong web closely connected and networked with each other and that can help like each other with resources with network with um uh, i think uh with one they need uh in their own personal journeys whether as a founder or um as a teacher or as um someone who just doesn't have any idea where to start with or who is looking for mentoring so community building comes with also identifying those nodes and connecting those nodes to create an architecture that supports different different communities in any field whether it could be community of health experts or community of social entrepreneurs community of digital marketers community of investors so all sorts of people become part of that like overall ecosystem you are building and network you are building i'm so excited there's so many different places we could take this conversation let let's go into the diversity part because i know india is extremely diverse having traveled there i'm just blown away by the diversity of religion of language of of ethnicity and and it's just remarkable and some of the places you're in are also tearing themselves up around diversity as well so what what is the benefit when you're working with these communities and and you've got some forces that could either bring it you know diversity could be used as a bonus or it could be used as a it could be used as a strengthener or it could be used as a divider what are the things that you've noticed in your community building that make it the strengthener versus a divider i think before i talk about divider i would like to highlight like how important it is to have diversity in every possible sense and not just diversity as diversity but i would like to take an approach of being inclusive inclusion is more important than diversity and i think that will help us answer the question of dividing part when you try to focus on diversity let's say whether it's gender whether it's skills or whether it's religion or ethnicity 
like in my region i work with all sorts of religions all sorts of like ethnicities to uh, languages uh, from even geographical diversities like mountain communities to island communities to plains and deserts to ethnic tribes and then india itself is a huge like land of diversity as you tell when you move from west to north to north to south or west to east everywhere uh, it changes language culture food everything so my role is to ensure that we talk about diversity from an inclusion perspective when you make people that understand when you make people understand that it's not diversity it's what important is is the inclusion leaving no one behind making sure everyone becomes part of this journey and if we do that if we are inclusive we are more fairer we are more equitable to everyone when you try to just focus on diversity sometimes it becomes a flashy picture oh because we want a representation uh, from minority or you are trying to appease to them no 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 when you talk about inclusion you are just want to make sure everyone walks this together no one is leaving behind how i am able to address this issue when diversity becomes a challenge for some people when they think of it from a perspective of dividing use the language of inclusion that again brings people together you are basically telling them the same thing from a different perspective uh, i think that i have seen like today i was having a conversation with a community leader in sri lanka and we were talking about it that how do we ensure in northern sri lanka especially in jaffna in northern sri lanka where there was civil war a couple of years ago and there was got rest in like 2011 and how do we ensure that in the programs we do there is enough gender diversity there is tamilians there are sinhalese there are muslims there are other other buddhist or other representatives in organizing team in mentors in participants in judges in all possible way how do we ensure that and to be inclusive we need to go out of our way to to make this happen it, it its inclusion is a part of the culture and that's what i think uh, sets the language sets the tone and then people get it wonderful i love it i'll ask ask the next question because when we're in these kind of environments where things have been turbulent there's a, a lot of there's a mess and there's division of some kind politically there's often not a lot of support for doing things differently politically they're barely coping on the, for the most part and or they're using force to suppress and and uh and tackle the big issues that way how how do how do you find in your work with these countries and and the communities and the as you're building community how do you work around the political environment it's interesting i think <laughs> sometimes it's tough sometimes it's easy it depends um as i said i think earlier it's about the people identifying the right people in the right organizations and setting the right expectations from the very beginning that what we can compromise and what we can't and i think the most important thing is to clearly talk about what we really can't compromise what are our core values what does culture means to us and uh, if there are some non negotiables are we on the same page in doing it and if it doesn't harm the community like i am an outsider in those places making people and or i think 
uh, these people who has the power to make decisions and influence that, making them realize the immense potential they have to make difference. And it's all in their hands. I think once you start believing in those people, once you tell them that we believe in you, you are the one who can actually do it. And that belief in them is a huge thing. It's a big deal. When people see that, no one has ever believed in us. No one has seen us from a positive-like angle. No one has really talked to us about in this manner that they actually believe in us that we can do good and we can do better. So that changes the conversation, actually. How they look at you and how they look, they how they see you coming into their community to help them. And uh, that, I think, changes the entire scenario and they become more open. They make her, they start having very open and honest conversation. And it's not then it's not really about me, but it's really about them and asking them what are their challenges? How can I help them? And being open to learn from them and why they have been like that and how they would like to do it differently in future. Right. Do they? They also want to change. They also want to improve. Who wants to be always like someone no one likes, right? And that that's just hope and believing in the potential they have to bring that change has been one of my, I think, biggest strengths, biggest tools, biggest. Yeah, it's, it's I think, um, yeah, I will say biggest, the best approach to handle these communities, which are more fragile, and also another thing which I have learned is by doing this is making people understand the power of collaboration and open communication about it. People generally don't want to collaborate because power plays an important role. Power with politics makes it worse. Power with politics and conflict and security issues makes it horrible. You don't want to put your hand into it. But I think once you do it, you also find some like golden people there. And once you find them, I think you have done your job. And that's how I look at it. Like, And just empower them, show them the value they can create. The magic will happen. And slowly what happens is you see start... You, you start seeing change in culture because you didn't compromise on the basics, the simple few things. And then people started really seeing you and your community and the work you do with that, uh, I think, mindset. Or maybe I will say a positive bias that this guy or this team, this people, this community will not compromise. If we want to do something, we have to work with them then we have to really being okay to embrace this culture. And then you slowly see start culture starts changing. People are more open about collaboration, about sharing their difficulties, challenges. What, what are their even vulnerabilities? I've seen people crying, people talking about it. And uh, yeah, but that's where the most beautiful relationships have been built. Uh, some of the best friends best community leaders have come from these conversations and from the worst circumstances absolutely yeah i'm not at all surprised to hear that because i sometimes find that the people with the most fear are people who've never experienced fear 
you know, they, they've never been in the heart of a conflict. They've never felt, you know, been in the thick of it. And so that is where the, the most powerful people reside. They are, they are in the thick of it. They, they, and they are capable of withstanding that kind of a, of a storm, so to speak, to rise above it. So wonderful way of putting it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, anything, sort of getting back to the startup conversation and the entrepreneurial evangelist part of it, are you finding, or, or let me ask it another way, how, how are you finding the leaders in that coming forward? How do they find you? How do you find them? And who are they? Who are these, these, um, these people that are stepping forward to try building the, you know, rebuilding economies in some of these conflict and post-conflict um, uh, countries? Uh, so there are two questions, I think. <laughs> how do I find them and how do they find me? Uh, a very cheesy or a spiritual answer is positive energies attracts each other. I think we find each other somehow. <laughs> I've never been to those places, but I think I found them, they found me. I think it's both ways. Uh, I will say a little bit research and I think being perseverance is the key here. It's not about finding people. It's about really finding the right people. That's the one thing I've learned. Like I've been trying to build community in Afghanistan for three years. So many communications, reach out to different, different people and network. And eventually after like almost two and a half years, we were able to do something. And uh, how it happened? By finding the right people. Sometimes it also you learn that it may seem you as the right people. But then when you work with them and then you meet them in person, you also see that there is a different side of the story. But eventually, the beautiful thing about community is in the community, all sorts of people come in. And uh, then eventually the wrong people will be kicked out themselves by the community and the right people will rise above anyone else. And then, uh, then you work with them. So that's just our, like, a story around... Uh, like engaging with people when you don't know any one of them and finding the wrong ones and moving to the right ones. Then there are places where I do my homework and research. I will identify people who are passionate about building these communities. Why they want to do it is, is there anything they have already done in past and telling them, what value this can bring to their communities? How are they going to add value? How are we going to add the value? How are how is this going to make an impact in their local community? And uh, when it resonates with them, so when we are in the same frequency, resonating with each other, boom, it's done, right? You You know those people. There are times when they will reach out and multiple people or multiple sets of people from different like organizations or places will reach out. Having these conversations with them, very honest conversations with them, helps you filter out and understand why they want to do this. What are their goals and objectives? And uh, how will it help them? What is their big picture? Why are they doing this, right? So that helps us in again filtering out. And the best way for me that works is personal network, reach out to the community, ask people to recommend. I know amazing people. I will ask them to recommend some amazing people who are like them and then they will make recommendations. And then eventually a couple of people will make a couple of recommendations and then things start moving on. And I think 
one thing i've seen is finding one person and then building relationship and then asking that person to introduce to more people and then it becomes a chain reaction great people come on board and get they start things started flowing and moving but now answering to what kind of people i work with i think i have one of the most beautiful jobs in the world where i have the privilege and honor to work with some of the most wonderful people on the planet i can tell you that who give first who go out of their way to help grow their communities and build these ecosystems very very passionate people they're doing it for the right reason they are doing it because they really want to help their communities they are students they are entrepreneurs they are mentors in the community they are there are corporations there are individuals there are teachers there are co-working space owners there are incubators there are smaller accelerators universities academicians like all sorts of people in this ecosystem everyone is finding their piece into that big puzzle where they can add value so all these different different people reach out to me and i bring them together that all of you have similar goal you want to work on doing the same achieving the same thing let's do it together if you don't know each other i'm happy to make you connect with each other know each other some and that's where the conflict comes in sometimes and the power comes in they don't want to work with each other or sometimes they want to work with each other they love each other so all sorts of things happens but i think this is my part of bringing them align with the aligning them with the larger vision showing them the picture how together you can add so much value to your community and thinking beyond yourself and then once they get it i think my job is done and then rest of the execution part begins so i work with everyone we are very inclusive and open to work with anyone and everyone with the right value right mindset and understands what it takes to build the community and give fast Uh, having that mindset of giving first and helping is the key here. Wow, brilliant. That's the description of true leadership right there. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> so as we close off now, is there anything that you would say to to a startup entrepreneur in a a country that's got a lot of stuff going on politically and culturally and socially and every other which way? Any particular tips or advice or or thoughts? insights you'd care to share that's a tough one but i think be hopeful i think hope is the way forward and not giving up but that doesn't come with short term approach having a long term approach towards building community and towards changing the way things have been in past or challenging the status quo it comes with a long term commitment so if you are into community building or if you are an entrepreneur doing something in an emerging market or con- conflict zones commit for yourself for a long term you are not running a sprint you are here running for marathon and uh, yeah i think that's the key to success in conflict zones in emerging markets or emerging economies uh, to leave a tangible impact a significant amount of impact and touch many lives be there and don't leave it early on Great, great advice. Great thoughts. Thank you, Anurag, for being on the program. Really love our conversation. I'm so excited by the work you're doing. It just gives me, so it, it it's so in heart, it's so heartening to to hear what you're doing. So thank you very much. 
Thank you. I enjoyed it. If you haven't already listened to the impact interview that I did previously with uh, Maddie and Tobias and Nicole and uh, Allah from Beirut, then please do because uh, they are a, a community of people that are spreading this word of social entrepreneurship widely and they are working in very difficult conditions. For those of you that are living in very, well, perhaps more stable economies, in other words, you're not in the middle of war, uh, this is, this is uh, an opportunity to kind of reflect back on what, what is this task involved and what is the power of connection and community at supporting resilience, at supporting transcendence through some extremely difficult work. And there's no doubt about the challenge of it, particularly in conflict zones. So I would suggest, if you can, provide support through crowdfunding for these uh, entrepreneurs or any which way you can. It would be appreciated. Uh, definitely take a look at Impact and reach out to them on Facebook. And, of course, we have um, Anurag, who is in, in Delhi. Uh, definitely message me or 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 message uh, Anurag directly. So thanks very much for listening. You can find me, my name is Donna Jones, and you can find me on Facebook at From Insight to Action. You can find me on, actually I'm on Instagram, but I'm, I'm not very, I'm still figuring that out, so be patient with me on that one. Uh, of course, from insighttoaction.com and LinkedIn. We have From Hierarchy to High Performance is on Amazon right now. It's a cooperative, collaborative book with each of us contributing a chapter, world-class innovation people, just fantastic community, tremendous team. And we have it as a bestseller now, so we're super excited. But that's on Amazon. My chapter was on health. So, um, yeah, take a look at that if you wouldn't mind. And it is uh, on, I think, Friday is the last day, as in the, the day this publishes, uh, for it, the hardcover, the print version being 50% off. But it uh, will obviously be there from there on forward. So, again, thanks for joining me and look forward to the next program. We're going to do a bit more international stuff, I think, for a while. So if you have any ideas, feel free to feed them forward to me on the blog site, on my blog at From Insight to Action, or message me through LinkedIn or Twitter, for that matter, E-P-D-A-W-N-A underscore Jones. Thanks. <laughs>